Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. So if you came here expecting a, a breakdown of the show Ozark or anything based off the title of this episode, sorry to disappoint, this isn't about it. I'm just trying to, you know, catch a few eyes with a little bit of a clickbaity title, but that is essentially the whole idea of this episode is just the theme, the, I don't know, the release of saying I don't know to something in life. I think it's uh, it can be incredibly freeing and kind of just a weight off your shoulders as well as at the same time depending on the situation can be the scariest thing you've ever heard in your life if you're being told that so by saying I don't know I think it's one of the most intellectually honest things you can do especially when it's applying to work I mean if you have an apprentice who comes up to you and is asking you a question about whatever in my case something electrical something usually related to electrical theory something that we're not necessarily working on at the time um, there, I have no shame anymore in just s- simply saying, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do that. You'll have to ask somebody else or I can research it for you. But off the top of my head, I, I don't know the answer to that question. And I know when I was younger, kind of more of a greener journeyman, you know, you never want to be on site and appearing like you don't know what you're doing or you're not qualified for the position you're in. And a lot of that just comes with being younger, having a lot more ego, a little bit more, you know, you're a little bit more sensitive to that kind of stuff, I feel like, when you're younger. So, again, I don't think I would have had any of this perspective if you had talked to me at 22 to 25 back, you know, nine years ago. There's no way that I would have had this kind of idea around the saying of I don't know. But nowadays, I embrace it. I absolutely love it. Like, there's something freeing about not having to <laughs> kind of have that weight on you when you know you don't have to go through faking it you can just simply say I don't know I'll get back to you I'll do some research on the topic and nowadays like when I'm talking to people out there I mean we all have a lot more interactions probably on social media now and you always run into some know-it-all who you know tries to have an answer for everything that's kind of the first sign that I have anyway that that person is a dumbass um, if somebody's going to try to act like they know absolutely everything on every topic it's you know it it turns people off pretty quick that's not the type of person you want to deal with and that's not the type of person that I want to be on a job site when I'm dealing with people face to face so apart from being a really good way to kind of build trust and build rapport around site it's also oftentimes the fastest and most direct way to get ahead as far as broadening your understanding of anything on site I mean if you are honest and you just say I don't know and then you start to ask people around you you're trying to find that answer that's how you're going to get ahead in life but you have to honestly recognize in yourself that you have to search for this answer that you you don't know it all and that you're never going to really get ahead unless you're willing to kind of take those lumps and take the time to actually learn to actually put in effort to get better at whatever you're doing and that's so key again especially as an apprentice that's how you're going to kind of prove yourself to your journeyman to your superiors whatever whatever place it may be and again this is across any job any career path you have if you're willing to admit that you don't know and ask questions it's going to show initiative and it's going to show or it's going to build up your own sense of abilities your own skills your own knowledge in whatever field you're in and i mean on a broader 
idea. And again, this is, to me anyway, it's pretty applicable nowadays. Um, you know, science happens out of I don't know. You never, you know, you don't go into some kind of a scientific field or into any serious in-depth study knowing what you're trying to find. If you do, that's a flawed experiment. And that's why people, that's why the scientific method is so, is so good at kind of picking out the bullshit amongst itself is because as soon as one person theorizes an idea, it's the job of the rest of the community to disprove it or to prove that it's not true. There's different outcomes that could come out of this experiment, whatever it may be. And that's, that's the key in, I don't know, that's where science happens. That's where scientific discovery happens. That's where basically our drive to get ahead is finding something that we have no idea how it works. We have no idea. We don't understand the concepts behind it. And then we work to try to build up our understanding one little bit at a time. You know, everything about the scientific method is building up little bits of knowledge and then trying to expand that further and further into the unknown field of what you're trying to search out. You know, it's not like generally speaking, a lot of science is going back trying to disprove theories that we consider solved and solid fact nowadays. You know, most of science is moving forward, progressing, unless, of course, you know, you're trying to just make sure and then expand on an idea that's already been kind of solidly proven, air quotes. But other than that, your science is always trying to move forward into the unknown. And that's something that, you know, I'm sure that they all, any kind of scientist will embrace the term of, I don't know, you know, that that gives them a heading that gives them something that they're trying to solve. But if you were here for science, you'd probably be listening to Rogan's um, well, any one of Rogan's interviews with guys like Lex Friedman or Elon Musk, you wouldn't be listening to this. So I'll get out of science for a, a little bit here. But the idea is just that idea of unknown, not knowing. And that's that's kind of what drives so much of kind of human civilization forward is being able to acknowledge that and then going out to seek the answer to it. So, all right, let's back into a, a domain that I actually do know, not talking about science or how it relates to you know, this COVID thing that we've got going on. But in any field that you're in, the idea is to seek experts or anyone who has a deeper understanding of the problem you're trying to solve. So that could be in in my line of work, that's electrical. It could be in your line of work, whatever it may be, if you're in the office or if you're a plumber, if you're in, again, you know, construction, whatever, whatever line of work it is, you want to seek out people who have a broader knowledge base than you do. That's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to advance yourself. And so again, there's nothing wrong with ever saying, I don't know to any question. And you can learn from, you know, maybe what may appear to be the most like unexpected sources. Like for me in my trade, a lot of the time, I'll, I'll go back to an example when I was in mining. So underground, we were running a lot of what are 5 kV lines, so they actually run at 4,160 volts is the transmission voltage underground between our substations. Then it would step down to 600 volts for usable equipment wherever we were. But we had a couple of times where those 4,160 volt lines would get hit and they were up at the, the back of the draft there ran in what's called a tech cable. So it's an armored cable. It's bright orange so that it's visible, but you know, miners, it's dark. They smash everything in sight. So anyway, sometimes they would hit our cables and it would cause a big explosion, a big bright light that would flood the uh, the whole underground drift and usually carve out a pretty good hole in whatever piece of equipment they hit it with because it would short out on the steel, burn a big hole. Anyway, so we had to go fix one of these lines. And this was my first 
inline splice at 5kV. There's a bit of a different procedure when you're doing higher voltage splice kits. Basically, there's up to 300 volts, then there's up to 600 volts, up to 1000 volts. Those are all fairly similar when you're talking about the different insulating compounds that you're using. But once you get to above that, and we were talking about, again, 5000 volt, well, technically 4160 volt splice kits, there's a lot heavier insulation, a lot heavier wrappings that have to go on this to basically maintain electrical conductivity, maintain insulation, and then build up the armor around the cable. So I was working with, he would have been a second year apprentice, Tyler was his name. Uh, at the time he was a second year, but he had had a number of years in heavy industrial experience, whereas I didn't necessarily. I had a few years in underground, but I had, again, never done one of these high voltage splice kits. So I leaned on him heavily. It's a it's a long procedure, that splice kit, and especially in the working conditions we were in where we'd have to kind of keep moving our lift out of the way so that all the mining equipment could pass. Work could still keep going to some degree. We were kind of hobbling it along from substations up the drift from us. So we had this line shut down, obviously. We were doing this splice kit. But it was a good 10-hour splice to get this thing done from beginning to end. And uh, I leaned on him heavily. He had a lot more knowledge when it came to this than I did and I was a journeyman I had been in the trade overall for probably 11 years at the time he had been in the trade for probably three years but he had done a lot more of this stuff than I did and if I had had any ego about it I would have tried to tried to take the reins of that specific task I would have tried to you know just go through it the way I thought it should be done but Again, I kind of let the reins off. I let him kind of take charge of it I let him show me how to do it. We made sure I did all the testing with it because that comes down to theory and having to know, you know, what you're expecting to see in the insulation ratings on these cables. So that was fine. But if I had had any ego about that, that task would have taken way longer. We may have had to redo it. You know, God forbid, the last thing you want to do in a situation like that where you're kind of technically holding up progress in the mine is to make a mistake. It's all about working efficiently, even if it takes a little bit longer, because again, he was an apprentice, but I was kind of letting him take the reins of that. If we had made a mistake, now that's a waste of a full 10-hour day. Whereas we, you want to be as efficient as you possibly can. So don't ever let your ego get in the way. If you're working with somebody who may be of a lower experience level than you, but they know more in that given task, then, you know, don't let, don't let that get in the way of it. Just listen to them. Let them teach you something. You'll never know kind of who can really teach you usable knowledge on a job site. It may come from people who are well below you as far as pay grade and overall experience goes, but they may have specific field knowledge that you don't possess. And this may get tiring. Like if you find that you're constantly kind of drawing on different people's experiences or different people's teachings, like this can get tiring and draining to the point where you kind of feel stupid. Like this hasn't happened to me. And I, I think if it does happen too much, then, you know, maybe you're, you're not suited for the position that you're in. And maybe it's it's good to kind of take a little step back and recognize that for what it is. But you know what? You got to keep kind of looking for people who can help broaden your experience, who are smarter than you, who have different skill sets that you want to try to add to your toolbox. Because the, the more that you can learn, you know, the more adaptable you are to any experience you're in and just the more the broader your knowledge base is. So really do your best to seek people out who have more experience, who may be, you know, not not really, but quote unquote smarter than you in a, in a specific task. 
different ideas, different way to, ways to approach a situation. All that stuff can be so handy going down the road. Like just basically what I'm getting at is don't get stuck in your shell. Don't get your back up and get stubborn about anything. Really always keep yourself open to learning because if, you, if you're ever on a job like, okay, okay, so this is back to a journeyman that I had when I was probably two years into the trade and I was doing a side job. So it wasn't with a guy who I normally work with, but it was a, a different journeyman who I had met who needed a hand wiring a house. He was paying me a little bit more cash on the side. So I was working nights and whatever weekends. That's when I was younger. And uh, I remember him saying that, oh, I know it all. So ask me any question. I know it all when it comes to residential wiring. This was in the case of wiring in a new house. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh, great, like this is going to be such a good experience. I can learn tons from this guy. Like I can ask him any question in the world and he'll 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 know the answer. He'll be able to give me the guidance and I'll, I'll be able to learn a lot. I'll get a lot better by working on this site. And it was the exact opposite. I have never met. <laughs> I have never met an electrician who I disliked working for more and who I I just developed this almost this sense of like anger towards him like again I, I worked with him for maybe three weeks in total out of my life but I'm not going to mention his name here he was never in working within any of the companies that I worked for it was again kind of just a friend of a friend type thing but uh good lord it was it was horrible it was painful and then I realized right then and there so that would have been at about I don't know 17 or 18 years old that I realized that if anybody says that they know it all, especially in electrical, just because of how fast the trade evolves and the technology involved changes, if anybody tells you that they know it all, you can ask them any question you want, run away, run to the fucking hills, because that guy is so full of himself, so on his high horse, he doesn't even realize what's going on around him. He'll never be able to admit fault for anything and he's going to just pass the buck, pass the blame to anybody he can, because of course, he can't make any mistakes. He knows it all. So again, especially if you're an apprentice, and you hear somebody say that they know everything, run for the hills, shun that guy, try to work with somebody else, because that is the worst possible attitude that you can carry around on any construction site. And I imagine in just about any career path that you're going to go down. And so now, again, back to another example. So we've got one guy uh, who I work with now who's technically a first-year electrical apprentice. He's been working with us for years, but, you know, when you're in your mid-30s, it's tough to go back to school. You just kind of learn on the job. You stay with one company for a long time. You, you have a broad base of experience, and you kind of, you'll get pay raises associated to that, but it doesn't necessarily reflect itself on your level of training um, in school. So anyway, we've got one guy who's a first year apprentice in electrical, but he's got years and years of experience in construction in framing. He was originally a framer and then he kind of has transitioned to electrical. And this guy's great. Like I work with him every week, not every day, but every week at least. And uh, I learn so much from him. It's just, it's different ways to approach things. Like as a framer, he has a different a different perspective when we're approaching a job like and he'll be able to frame out things that I need like that's really helpful experience working alongside him for an electrician he'll show me how to frame things out how to fix things how to make my life easier to be honest tell me 
what beams I can drill through, what beams I can't, what's load bearing and all that stuff. Because as an electrician, like I, I have a pretty solid foundation of understanding how the framing is of a house, but he'll be able to look at it and just has a, a deeper understanding of what's going on. So that kind of, I draw on his experience just about every day that I work with him. If we're doing, uh, especially in reno work where, you know, stuff's getting taken out, framing's getting changed here and there, and he'll be able to tell me, well, that one's not going anywhere. That's going to stay the way it is. So you're free to run through there right now with whatever wiring I'm running. And that kind of stuff is just so handy. But if I had some ego or was stubborn about it always being my way, because yes, I'm a journeyman electrician, then where would we be? Like, I wouldn't listen to anything they had to say. That's just the wrong way to go about it. You've got to be open to other people's perspectives, other people's understandings, and other people's knowledge bases when you're at work. So after covering all the great aspects of being able to say, I don't know, and just the release that it gives you because, you know, it allows you to kind of give up the reins and really, it, it opens yourself up to learning, to actually op being open to new ways to do a task. So anyway, now a flip side to, where it's the most terrifying thing in the world is being told, I don't know. And that's, you know, if any of you guys are familiar with my experience, my family, kind of what's going on in my family, it's being told, I don't know by a doctor. And I'm not going to get into it too specifically or too many, you know, details here, but uh, our five-year-old son now, he has what they're kind of calling some specific type of epilepsy, but even that is kind of just the closest thing that they see his EEGs and his CT scans resembling. It, it's not a hard diagnosis. They've even, you know, where we've been referred to uh, Vancouver Children's Hospital for uh, their neurology department. It's something that they've never seen before. They aren't really able to give us an exact diagnosis. And so it, it's terrifying to hear that. The, the last thing you want to hear, you know, whether it be with yourself or with a loved one or in our case, a child is that the doctor does not know what they're seeing. They have no diagnosis. There, there, isn't, there isn't a case to base this one off of. And that's what we've been told quite frequently. And so again, if you're familiar with Canada's healthcare, it's great because it's, you know, I don't have to pay out of pocket every time I go in to see a specialist, which again, I'm incredibly thankful for. He had a good 10 day stay between two different hospitals there for a while where he was on continual observation overnight observation they ran him through a bunch of tests they were checking his brain activity and everything through eeg scans cat scans he had a lumbar puncture which is basically um doing a spinal tap testing spinal fluid it's terrifying right and uh, and through all this we still don't have any answers so yes canada's medical system is amazing for that we didn't have to pay out of pocket for that because it would have set us back huge uh, to have our son overnight and under constant care for 10 days would be a massive financial undertaking. But it also comes with being a little bit slower on diagnosis time, I think, and on, you know, getting seen. So we're still kind of waiting. He had his first bout of this just before his fourth birthday. So we're going on a year and a half now since this first kind of reared its ugly head. And it's, uh, you know, it takes a toll. It, it takes a toll on the family, the extended family. It takes a toll on my wife and I, I think the heaviest. But again, I've talked about it on here before, the resiliency that my wife shows and that it has really built into our relationship is something that I'm incredibly thankful for. and something that I wouldn't know existed unless we went through these kind of hardships together. So we're still kind of going ahead, but that is where, that's kind of the dark side of hearing. I don't know when it's told to you, it can really 
I don't know, for us, it, it, it altered our whole world, right? Like we figured that, and we've seen a lot of specialists. Um, don't get me wrong. We've seen a lot of uh, really highly educated people, highly educated doctors in the field, and none of them have been able to give me us an answer. We've seen, you know, pediatricians who've been in in that line of work for 40 plus years, and they, they can't give us any answers. Everybody's trying to just refer us to the next person, the next specialist who might have some greater understanding of this, but so far, no avail. They've got him on a little bit of a treatment plan for epilepsy that does help, so we're thankful for that. And again, it's, you know, the medication isn't too heavy out of pocket being in Canada. It costs a little bit, but it's it's fine. We're managing with that, but it's, um, yeah, it, it's really tough to be told that when it comes to a situation regarding your health, especially mental health, and uh, it's not something I want to get into more on this podcast, this episode anyway, maybe one day down the road, but um, not now while it's still, you know, <laughs> we're still going through it. There's no real happy answers to this one. There's there's no happy ending. It's just something that we're still going through. But again, I, I'm i so thankful to my wife and my family and just the bond that it's built within us and kind of the gratitude we have for every day of health and of you know, especially with our son, just seeing him when he has his good days, it's it's great. It really makes you appreciate them a lot more. Sorry, that one took a little bit of a darker turn than I had hoped it to. But anyway, that's the one scary time to hear. I don't know is when it comes from a medical professional. But when it comes to us in our in trades or in the office or whatever else, I mean, and in all honesty, I do appreciate the doctor's honesty for saying, I don't know, and they're looking into it further. So you know, there's that. At least they didn't try to pull the wool over our eyes with one diagnosis and then say, oh, yeah, this is all good. Just go on continuing normally. Everything's fine. We've got it covered. That's not the case. So at least it develops trust with us and the physicians and the neurologists. We trust them. We know that they're telling us the truth um, because they haven't been able to give us an answer yet. So that's that's the biggest idea that I wanted you guys to take away from the saying of I don't know. It does build trust. It allows you to expand your learning horizons, and it is a really good way to kind of break down any ego that you may have in your line of work or anywhere really in life. So I'm not going to go into how this applies to work because I think just about this whole episode has been how this applies to your own career and your own career path, how to advance yourself. But when this comes to relationships, oh, excuse me, this can be an incredibly good way to develop, you know, open and honest conversations like my wife and I you know we'll be talking about whatever it may be a lot of it nowadays is surrounded around lockdown you know what's going to happen in the future especially economically we're trying to kind of save and safeguard ourselves against you know either an inflation scenario or a depression scenario although you know again I'm an electrician I'm not an economist so I'm doing whatever I can I'm reading up whatever I can um, but when we're having these conversations like it it's so refreshing when either of us can just say I don't know, like, I, I'll look that up for you. I'll, I'll do some more research, but I don't know the answer to that question. Um, that's how we both know that we're maintaining that level of honesty with each other. Neither of us are trying to bully our way through a conversation by, you know, spouting off facts that we don't actually know are true. And it's, again, like I've said before, my wife and I, we really like to kind of keep each other sharp, <laughs> keep each other on our toes. And it's something that I really appreciate her for. And uh, again, I like to try to think that I do the same thing. And that's how we we try to maintain that open and honest conversation between each other when we're trying to bounce ideas off each other. And this is something that, you know, again, in any relationship you're in, it's going to go a long way. 
like in work relationships, it just develops that idea of open and honest conversation. It's a good way to build up your reputation and it's a good way to just it's a good way to carry yourself to not be closed off to new concepts to new ideas and new perspectives on life with us through everything like you know we don't know what the future has in store but we know that we're going to face it together and that's that's kind of what we base everything on now moving into when you're in a mentorship role again i covered a lot of this with how to deal with apprentices you always want to be open to their input as well that's part of being intellectually honest that's part of that ability to say i don't know and to search for that answer and maybe they have it even though they're at a lower point in their career than you are again just be open to that when you're a mentor you know anybody underneath you they could show you a way easier or a way better way to do the job that you've been doing your way for the past x number of years in the trade so when it comes to kids that one is a little bit it's a little bit tricky. It's something that I've I've struggled with in the past, um, but it's something that I've kind of embraced more as my son gets older, because obviously they're starting to tackle more complex stuff in school. When it's, you know, when you're talking to a kindergartner through grade one, two, three, it, it, it's pretty easy to have a lot of the answers that they have questions for. Um, then again, though, every once in a while, you get thrown a weird one. Like my five-year-old um, yesterday asked me, kind of how space works. He's like, what is space? I said, buddy, I don't, I don't know. That is way too big of a question for me. And so we spent a while just looking up like YouTube videos and different pictures and images and different ways to explain it to him. And I don't know, he walked away from it feeling pretty content with his answer. I, I don't know if we got anywhere, but you know, we were both learning a lot as we went along. And uh, there's a, there's this one book that I was reading I still have to finish it, actually. It's the it's Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, most of that stuff is way over my head, but he does write it in a way that's that's convincing, and you don't feel too stupid reading it, which I really appreciated. You know, being an electrician, like, that kind of stuff fascinates me, but what he made known to me that I had never learned before was that, you know, the universe is constantly expanding. And so when I said that to my my five-year-old, his I could see that his mind just about exploded. Uh, his eyes kind of <laughs> glazed over and he was staring at me like, what do you mean it never stops growing? I said, well, you know, that's what I read in a book. And so that's what I'm going by at this point in life. So whenever you are faced with that question with your son, like again, my nine, almost 10-year-old, now he's starting to ask questions where I have to legitimately say, I do not know the answer, but we can look that up together. Use those as learning experiences. Um, and it also, I think it just sets a good example for your kids to not have to feel like they're the smartest person in the room, to be open to the fact that they don't know a lot of things. Like there is nothing that I'd like to impress more on my sons rather than, well, other than maybe, you know, a dogged work ethic to really try to work their way through anything and that that sense of self-accountability Um but other than those two things, it's a willingness to learn and it's a willingness to say that they don't know the answer and to really look for that, to be curious and to try to expand the horizon of their knowledge base. That's that's what I'm trying to push into them. You know, those kind of three things, I think, at this point in life anyway, are the three biggest keys that I'd like to I'd like to see them try to move forward with in their toolbox. And with that, we're approaching, you know, 27 and a half. 28 minutes. Um, anyway, if you're going to take anything out of this conversation, I really hope that you kind of, you just 
keep that openness to learning. Don't close yourself off again through COVID and all this bullshit that we're seeing online. It's really easy to close yourself off to anything. I, I encourage you not to, you know, there's tons of different viewpoints on everything, tons of different perspectives. I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying anything actually, you know what? I'm not going to tell you what to do, what to read, what to believe. I, I don't think that's anybody's place. Um, I just, I'm just, encouraging people to basically read, to look at everything as thoroughly and as apolitically as possible. That's all I can ask. So anyway, be open to that. Be open to different viewpoints. Be open to learning different perspectives and to just learning different things on the on the job site as well. And again, always keep that open line of communication with your wife, your husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, and then your kids if you have them too. That's so key moving forward and it sets a great example for for those who you're in a mentorship role too. So, all right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you guys found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That's fairly new, but I have a lot of fun on there. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.